The following program is furnished by Inside Sports Medicine Associates, LLC, and is responsible for its content. It's time for Inside Sports Medicine on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket, with your host, Dr. Tio Soriao, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Get your sports medicine questions ready and call 888-787-1310. Good Saturday morning and welcome to Inside Sports Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. T.O. Sorial, live in the studio. This is episode number 848 for those of you keeping track. Over the next hour, you're going to be informed, entertained, and hopefully learn something new. You're going to be able to call in at the bottom of the hour with any sports medicine-related questions. Joining me this morning, as he does most every Saturday, is Dr. Brad Ballard. Good morning, Brad. Morning, Doc. We have a lot to get to. There's a lot going on in our world. NBA Finals is going on. We have a couple of uh, just general medical business of medicine topics that I put on my list of things to discuss today. And then we can always discuss whatever you guys want to hear. So uh, if you're watching on Facebook, just send us a comment. Hey, why don't you guys talk about blank? And we'll do our best. Morning, Brad. Morning, man. Um, We got some people trying to get you out of Facebook jail, just so you know. Good. I really don't know why. Um, I really don't know why. So. Anyway, we'll figure it out. I haven't had time to look into it because it's not that important to me. <laughs> it's just not that important to me. Uh, Where do so, we start? Where, what are we starting with this morning? I'm going to throw you a curveball. Okay. Have you ever been so hungry you can't sleep? Yep. So I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for answering that question for me. So Karen and I are doing this intermittent fasting thing, and it's working great. It's working great for her. It's working great for me. But yesterday, the schedule—I mean, I didn't get home till seven o'clock, so I, I missed dinner. Yeah, which means that all I had yesterday was lunch. So even if you miss, you—I you, mean, once it once the time hits, you're not eating after that. Well, it's hard to make it up. Gotcha. It's just okay. hard to make it up, and that's the most difficult thing about this intermittent fasting. And it does work. Uh, I've done it before, and. I know a lot of my friends have tried it. It it, it does work. Yeah. But and and the most common is eighteen hours no food, six hours you eat. Uh, but during those six hours, you 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 got to eat healthy or good stuff. Yeah, I intermittently fast in between meals. How's that working? Working all right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm I I missed dinner and I just could not sleep. I was starving. Mm. And I, I resisted. I watched TV. I play. Oh, speaking of watching TV, I'm all over the place today. So if you guys are new to the show, I am sorry. Uh, okay, I was looking for your coffee. So I didn't bring coffee. That's right. Yeah. Um, Sports Center, early, early in the morning, the Savannah Bananas versus the Macon Bacon. Is that a real thing? That's brilliant. Yes. So they're not exactly like a AAA or AA affiliated with the major leagues. They are a college summer league. 
but oh. it's a it's a really really popular college summer league. It's called the uh, Coastal Plain Leagues. So there's the Savannah Bananas, the Macon Bacon's. So they're pros. They get paid. No, oh, I don't think they get paid for it um, because a lot of them are college kids who are not playing baseball right now. So this is like this their summer league. Well, uh, so and then and then it has a lot of people who are former minor league players or people trying to make it to the minor leagues like wow. that way. But uh, the Savannah Bananas go year round. Besides when uh, the besides the college league. They're kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters of uh, baseball. So they travel around and play. Yes, and uh, they they have a, a whole season over there in Savannah. And Savannah, and there's forty thousand people on the waiting list right now. Are you kidding? To buy me? tickets? Yeah, I couldn't even get tickets this year. I was going to try to make a road trip. Forty thousand wait list. And I I need a savannah bananas hat yeah they have i've I've got to have a logo of some type their logo is fantastic everyone thought it sounded stupid when it came out but it fits their moniker like perfect they have all yellow uniforms oh no uh (laughs) it just looks it's great it's a great bit like they do they just try to make baseball fun is their thing yeah and so um they've had a guy come out and pitch on stilts or no, they've had a guy bat on stilts. They've had someone come out and pitch in their underwear for an inning. They just do oh, wow. weird, wacky things like that, and it's 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 very fun and it engages with the crowd. Well, That's they crazy. made they made Sports Center. Yeah, they, they have more followers on their uh, social media page on TikTok than any MLB team does. Wow. So, just to let you know how old I am, I would have never known about this. I mean, how how would an average Joe know about this? Because it wasn't on TV. Well, well, it was on Sports Center, but I I think last week a Real Sports with Bryant Gumble on uh, HBO did a expose on them. Put them on the map. And ESPN is going to do a series with them this summer, oh. and they're like they're blowing up right now. Wow, that's well, pretty cool. And and we shared it with our listeners. A large number of them are. Folks like me. <laughs> I highly recommend. Just type in, tell them to go to YouTube and look up Savannah Bananas, and you'll find the thing, the little seven-minute thing uh, ESPN did on them, and it's fantastic. So yeah. is the Macon Bacon part of the same league, but they just don't get as much? Yeah, they're one of the summer teams. Got it. How cool is that? Maybe like the Washington Generals, maybe. Make baseball fun again. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously in sports medicine, you have to know the sport, and... You have to be a fan in order to be productive at it. In fact, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about maybe in the next segment. I was mentoring a young man who's interested in being a sports medicine doc. Mm -hmm. And he asked me a series of really, really good questions. And I'll I'll share that with you in the next segment. But but what what I emphasize to him is that if you're going to be a sports medicine doc, you have to understand the sport you're covering or the sport that your patient is participating in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're less effective as a doc. Mm-hmm. So if if you're seeing a, a, a player who's on the national lacrosse team, you kind of need to know what, what the rules are. You need yeah. to know what lacrosse is about. And one of the things that I found most interesting when I first started is that I was curious about all those sports. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to know about lacrosse. I wanted to know what, you know, what kind of 
injuries the beach volleyball people get and that right. sort of thing. And that's that's how you become an effective sports medicine doc. Where I'm going with this is baseball was very challenging for me mm-hmm. to understand all the fine points. You know, who's covering second and who has to shift over. And I never right. really understood that. Right, some of the strategy of baseball, yeah. Yeah, so I never considered myself a baseball guy. And it, it, it is difficult to go watch a nine-inning game in in the middle of July or August. For like three hours. Back in the yeah. old heat, you yeah. know? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so the, the fact that the Savannah Bananas are making baseball fun again, I think that's good. Um, One of the other things that I had on my list for today's show by the way, we, we love it when you guys come see us. We absolutely <laughs> love it when you guys come see us. Yeah, week to week, it's 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 entertaining to to meet the the listeners now. Patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it is, and and it's and I always feel I always feel um kind of a little sheepish in that you know the radio show is something different than what we do in practice. Yeah, you know, uh, we do talk about the same things with our patients, but. The radio show is just something different. It's, doctors don't do radio, yeah. but we've done it for a long time. And when a patient comes and says, hey, listen to you on the radio, I feel kind of sheepish because they've seen a side of me that they normally wouldn't yeah. see. Yeah. Anyway, um, quality of life after a procedure. Heavy subject, but I think it's worthy of discussion. Hmm. When we come back, Things that can improve the quality of life after a given procedure that you can do. This is Inside Sports Medicine, T.O. Soreal, Brad Ballard, coming right back. Inside Sports Medicine with Dr. T.O. Soreal, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Dr. Soreal's comments are meant for informational and educational purposes only and not as a treatment. His comments are not a substitute for a visit with your doctor. And now, Dr. T.O. Soreal. Wait till you hear the words. Still got nothing? Got nothing. George Harrison used to be a Beatle? Yes. Yeah, I got nothing. A lot of people have heard of this, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh. Because I haven't. Uh, can you name the other Beatles besides uh, Paul McCartney or... Uh, I know Doc can over there. I can. Yeah, Paul McCartney for sure. Besides uh-huh. Paul McCartney and John Lennon, right? And the Lennon. other two. No, and I just gave you George all. Harrison. Yeah, no. The other two, no. Yeah. We're gonna have to work on that, dude. I I need props for knowing uh, Paul McCartney and Lennon. I'll give you credit for yeah. that. Yeah, but it's, it, okay. It's the Beatles, man. Yeah, nothing. You got nothing. I got something. I got. I got fifty percent. Uh, welcome back to inside. <laughs> welcome back to inside sports medicine. Not a passing score. Not a passing score. <laughs> that, uh, that's cup half full though. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Do you ever play trivia games with your family? You you would you would miss every Beatle question. No, not the Paul McCartney question. 
Uh, and I know the song. I know the music. I actually have their best hits album on my, on I my phone. I think they have multiple best hits albums. Yeah, I got one of them. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> And you're very proud of that. <laughs> I am, dude. He's never you opened can, it. You but. No, no, I listen to it. I listen to it. I'm, I mean, yeah. My kids know it. You know what? I think that's why you and I work on this show. We we just come from two different angles. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's it's complimentary. Yeah. Ask me a Jay-Z question. No, no, I'm no. Out. What you meant to say just now is ask me a, a rap and hip-hop question, and the answer for you will be Jay-Z. There you go. That's right. always the answer. Right, which is not always always the answer, but so let's <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to the show. So I, I teased this earlier about the quality of life after a given procedure, or even just a given procedure. Um. So when I was a resident at UT Southwestern, uh, I blew out my knee playing a pickup game of basketball, and tore my ACL and. It was the size of a grapefruit and swollen and limping crutches and the whole bit. So um, I go see my doc, who was the Cowboys doc back then, and he says, let's drain all that blood out of it. I said, great. So he takes this 18-gauge needle, which is the size of a nail, Mm. and jabs it into my knee and drains out the blood. I said, whoa, hey, wait, could you not have numbed it? Yeah. And he said, well, then that means I have to stick you twice. I said, yeah, but the first needle's a lot smaller than the second <laughs> needle. And, but, but the point was you could do things to make the procedure more tolerable. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, for example, so because of that experience, nowadays the, there's three steps to me you know, draining a knee or, or injecting a knee. And, you know, people are always real. Oh my God, that's really going to hurt. Well, no, not if you do step one and two. Right. So I use this, uh, ice spray and, um, you've probably seen it on the soccer field. They, they, when anybody get hurt, they spray ice on. (laughs) So I use ice spray to kind of numb up that little area of skin. And then I use a really, really, really fine needle to put in some xylocaine and then when you put in the nail, people don't feel that. Right, right. Well, th- that is exactly what I'm talking about. There are the end result is your knees either going to be drained or injected. So right. the end result is unchanged. Right. The outcome is the same. But why not make it more tolerable, more palatable? And so the problem is a lot of times insurance doesn't pay for that other stuff. Yeah. I still do it anyway because it's inhumane not to. Yeah. But this extends to other areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if uh, um, if you're doing a a, a a knee ligament reconstruction, which is what I do pretty much every day, uh, there are ice machines that you can use that are very very convenient. And you know, for I don't know, I can't remember. I think it's a hundred or hundred fifty dollars. Uh, it's like a little cooler that has a motor in it that circulates the cold icy water around your knee twenty four seven. Now it is a little bit of a pain in the butt because you got to put ice in it when it melts, but yeah. otherwise, man, it, it's a game changer. Right. It's well, it a- makes the experience more tolerable, less painful, more convenient. It's a game changer. It it is. You know, I, I talked about it when we did the episode. The the uh, the five things that changed sports medicine. Mm-hmm. And a, a game-ready machine was one of those five. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Game Ready Machine takes it a step further. It's not only cold circulating ice, and you do have to put ice in it, but it also has compression too. Right. Definitely a game changer. But but the point is, why suffer if there is technology out there for relatively little money Mm -hmm. to make it more palatable? Is the end result going to be any different if I use ice or not? Mm, Probably probably not. not. Probably not. But you'll have less swelling. You'll have less pain. You'll be able to rehab faster. Mm -hmm. And you'll be up on your feet a lot quicker than if you didn't use ice. Problem is we can't get insurance companies to buy into that. Right. Well, They'd rather you have Tylenol 3. Yeah. Well, they've become so objective- in terms of looking at quote unquote outcomes that the patient experience um, and what you and I consider to be that customized feel for every patient uh, does not get considered at all in terms of patient care. And so the reason we're talking about it now, you're absolutely right. I was talking to an insurance rep, this is several years ago and she said, um, there are no studies that show that the ACL is any better if you use the ice or not. <laughs> She's right. Absolutely right. There is no study that shows that. Right. However, why be miserable for three weeks versus being miserable for three days? Right. Right. And and, and the, the point, the reason we're talking about this on the show today is you guys need to know that stuff exists. Yeah. Well, it, it, and you hit the nail on the head in terms of saying quality of life. You know, what are some things that you can do to affect quality of life after a procedure? Yeah. Um, because the reality is, is if you're doing surgery or you're doing a procedure, you know, you're you're cutting in the tissue. You're, you know, it, it, there's going to be some some pain and discomfort afterwards, but it doesn't have to be, you know, something that's exactly an awful experience. You know, one of my close friends had a, knee replacement, I guess about a month ago. And I went on check and to check on him. And you know, knee replacements it's a actually had a double knee replacement. Ooh. Big giant scar in the front of the knee, maybe ten inches long and it's a major surgery. It is that is major major, surgery. major surgery. Especially to do both. Yeah. And he, he had this little Ziploc sandwich bag full of ice on his knee. Mm-hmm. And I said, This this is completely inadequate. Yeah. And he said, well, my doctor didn't give me anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, you can rent a game-ready machine for 250 bucks. Just rent it and use it for each knee, 10, 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. Called me back 48 hours later and said, you've just changed my life. Yeah, yeah. It is, it, I just, just know that this kind of stuff exists, people. Just know that this kind of stuff exists. And we've been doing it in our sports medicine world for a long time, not only for a quality of life, but for a quicker result. Yeah, yeah. And faster recovery. Faster recovery. We do it, we do it on all our pros. You know, we've, we've been putting people in the hyperbaric chamber for 12 years now. We've, yeah. been, we've been using, uh, you know, game-ready ice changing and, and, and IVs and all that. So starting in January, we started to offer it to our regular patients who want it. Now, obviously, insurance doesn't pay for it. But we're starting a study on this right now because now I can see the people who've had it mm-hmm. versus the people who have not. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back and show the insurance companies is, yes, you're right. They're, the long-term outcome may be different mm-hmm. if they can start rehabbing two or three weeks earlier. 
Yeah. The, there's value to the convenience and the improving quality of life after a procedure. So there's a hundred percent value, particularly for those who are looking for it. There are some who are like, look, man, I'll grit and bear it. And that, that I mean, that that's fine. Yep. But for those who are like, yeah, I want the most comfortable post-procedure, post-surgical experience that I can have, that is of value if someone is looking for that. Now, insurance tries to put a dollar amount or whether they cover something or not to be able to place value on something. And that's a whole nother conversation. It, it is another conversation. But but look, $250 is a lot of money. And and, and I get it. So if, if you're going to rent a game-ready machine for a couple of weeks, I get it. You have to have the means to be able to do that. But if you didn't know that something like that, and by the way, we have no affiliation with these people at all. None. We use them in our practice. Most of my Mavericks players had their own game-ready machines. They're expensive, but we have no affiliation. So I'm just telling you this just to talk about the technology in general. It's. I would much rather use the compression ice than take Vicodin for 10 days. Oh, gosh, yeah. 100 percent it just it just makes common sense uh anyway wanted to talk about that um i'm looking to see how much time we've got we've got uh four minutes do i should i go to the not all mris are the same or should i go to the interesting shoulder case that i saw uh shoulder perfect love that i'm glad we're doing that so there's an advantage to being Old and having gray hair. <laughs> There's an advantage because some of the really, really rare things I've seen before. Yeah. Um, this was not on the discussion, but I'm going to bring it up. So uh, Jimmy Jackson used to play for the Mavs, mm-hmm. and he had a really unusual situation where the knuckle on his pinky finger was swollen and tender. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw it, I thought it was an infection. I got a hand console. We did every test under the sun. It turned out it was just inflammation from shooting too many basketballs. Really? Yep. Wow. And so I went to Pete Carter, who is the preeminent hand guy in town. I said, all right, what do I do with this? He said, ah, it's a really rare thing, but you know, if you put a couple of drops of cortisone, it goes away. Mm. Great. Um, six months later. Chris Webber comes in. He was visiting from Sacramento. Yeah. He's got the same thing. Got mm. the same thing. Like, I've seen this. I said, dude, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same finger? Same. It's always a fifth. For yeah. on basketball players, it's always a pinky finger. Really? Yep. And it's extremely rare. It's maybe something I've seen half a dozen times in yeah, my I'm 30 thinking years. about just shooting. It's not it's hardly even one of the, you know, fingers that you But you gotta remember how how often they dribble and they yeah. shoot versus yeah. what we do. And I said, yeah, sure. And I, uh, so he came to me as a second opinion. They were visiting. He was playing for Sacramento at the time. Their doctor called me. I said, hey, listen, I know what this is. I've seen it. Because their doctor didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, would you mind injecting him? And I said, sure, if it's okay with him and it's okay with you, I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. 22 points, 12 rebounds against us. <laughs> So that was pregame? That was pregame. Oh. That was in the morning. It was it was that day. Oh, I see. So got he came it, in for it. a second opinion that day and and he planted a plane that night and just lit us up. Oof. 
But there is an advantage to having seen some of these rare things. And one of the beautiful things about us at Texas Sports Medicine is the five of us share all this. Mm-hmm. So if I see something rare, I'll share it. If you see something rare, you share it. Oh, yeah. And and so we have we have that ability to communicate, and it's typically on Fridays. Wow, you know, I saw this, blah, blah, blah. So w- we share that experience. Well, anyway, so, um, heck, I almost used the whole segment up. Young lady um, goes to uh, university. Uh, shoulder pain, insidious, not, no injury, no mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And the, she used the word was excruciating. Mm. Okay. Anytime I hear that word, yeah. a little light bulb goes off. Particularly if there's no if there's no injury. exciting event. Yeah. Exactly. So uh she goes to see the the clinic uh at college. They, you know, do the normal anti inflammatories, didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. Uh she goes to see an orthopedist locally, he gets an MRI, it was normal. Mm-hmm. Uh he does an injection, it was mm-hmm. no didn't change, do anything, didn't really. do anything. And then she's now she's finally home for call, and she says I've had I have this excruciating shoulder pain. Yeah. Now it hadn't been that long, maybe ten days, and uh, the little light bulb went off in that this is probably neurologic. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have a test. I guess you could do an EMG, but there, I don't, we don't have a test for brachial plexus neuritis. Right. It's kind it's, of a th- there's no. Uh, Clinical test. Yeah. Right. It can't pop her in the scanner and see something. Right, 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 right. Anyway, so I, I think that's what she has. And the reason, and I got her started on the appropriate meds, and I can't wait to find out later in the week of whether this was successful or not. Right. But that's, that's, that's part of medicine that I kind of want to share with you in that, you know, experience does matter. Yeah. And sometimes we prescribe treatments that we're not sure if they're going to work or not yeah yeah you know so if they don't work that's all right it's okay it's not that your doctor was bad is that we're trying something but it has to be communicated to the patient and say hey listen i I had because i had a recent case volleyball player high school who is looking to play collegiate and it's not a typical case right i'm like look you got some weakness yep. and you got some shoulder pain, but I think those are two separate things. I was like, look, so we're going to try this. There's a chance it may not be the thing, but we're ruling some things out. So just bear with me because your case is not typical. They said, okay, we Love understand. That. We get it done. But, but that's communication. You're right. All right. Quick little break. Inside Sports Medicine. This is about the time we take calls. 888-787-1310. Coming right back. Inside Sports Medicine with Dr. Tio Soriel, orthopedic surgeon and medical director of Texas Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Group. Dr. Soriel's comments are meant for informational and educational purposes only and not as a treatment. His comments are not a substitute for a visit with your doctor. And now, Dr. Tio Soriel. You know what I did when that song came on? I turned up the volume on my headset. Yeah, I've heard this one. I think I said it last week. Anytime a song is popular enough to be in a commercial, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this one's been in movies. This one's oh. been, yeah. 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 Cringe Clearwater Revival, for those of you who are unaware. Welcome back to Inside Sports Medicine. T.O. Soriel here, Brad Ballard there. Jay's on the other side of the glass. 
Um, yeah, we're going to go to phones in just a minute. Um, did you see game one of the finals? I didn't. Uh, I did. Which I was, was surprised at the outcome, but uh, no, I didn't. I didn't watch. Um, so this this playoff run is a really interesting playoff run. Um, I, I've seen some things that I, I don't remember seeing before, and there have been all kinds of records set, unusual records set. Um, the way the Mavs took care of Phoenix in Game Seven, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. I've I've never seen one team come out really really hot and one team come out really really cold at home. At home, I've never seen anything like that. Phoenix just seemed like they laid down. I mean, yeah, they didn't I, even show up. I mean, nothing against Dallas. Dallas handled their business, but absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think before I leave that, and I'm just speaking as a fan, um, I think Phoenix is going to have a real hard time getting over this. That's yeah. that's going to leave a really thick scar. Yeah. Um, but then again, game one at Golden State, mm-hmm. they dominated. The first three quarters, they dominated. Yeah. And Tatum had a terrible game. Yep. And every, every time Boston would make a run, either Clay or uh, Steph would just hit a killer shot. Mm-hmm. Fourth, fourth quarter, they go into the fourth quarter, Golden State hitting on all cylinders, up 10. Mm. And a switch went off. Boston's defense tightened. Um, Golden State's offense tightened. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, the basket was the size of a thimble for them. Right. And as far as Boston's concerned, the basket was the size of a a, a barrel. And they ended up outscoring them. Oh, some huge number. They ended up winning. Yeah, like by forty. 10. It was like yeah, 40, forty to 16, sixteen or something, something like, like in the, in the fourth. So let, let me ask you a question. In a in a situation like that, and I'd even like to hear Jay's thoughts. Do you think Golden State is just like it's just a bad quarter? Like 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 we just it was just an off quarter. It's just a weird thing that happened. Back to business as usual, or is it like, oh man, like maybe maybe we kind of really. Like ran into a, you know, no. someone who can really potentially beat us. I mean, well, they're going to spin it in that we just had a bad quarter. Yeah. They have to. They don't have another alternative spin on this. Right. Right. They're going to spin it in. We took our foot off the gas too soon. We thought the game was over, but it wasn't. Yeah. And Boston's too good a team. That's yeah. how they have to spin it. Right. Jay, what do you think? I don't think that the Warriors will be down and out from this, but, I mean, Boston is really, really good defensively. I think they've ranked up in the top five, like, the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really, really good. And once, you know, they they prey on that, I don't know, maybe the Celtics can close it out. I agree. I mean, because because for three quarters, it was a different game. It was a different game. You know what I'm saying? Completely different game. And I don't know if, if it's because the Celtics just said, okay, all right, the buck stops here. Like we're clamping down on defense or if it was, you know, some combination of that and golden state is just like, yeah, you know, we ran out of bullets. Golden state took their foot off the gas. I think they thought they thought that they're just going to cruise to victory. Fourth quarter is just a formality. And, and so much of sports is mental. I, I try to teach that to all of my athletes because there's a mental component to coming back from an injury yeah. or dealing with an injury. Mm-hmm. It's so, so important that 
It's 48 minutes. You got to play for the whole 48 minutes. And it changed on literally two possessions, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, two jacked up threes that missed wildly by Golden State, two threes that went in by Boston. All of a sudden it was a single digit game Mm -hmm. that gave one team confidence. It took the confidence and and the wind out of the other team. Mm. And it, it just, the game changed. If I was Boston, I'd be feeling really good right now. Oh yeah. Plus the fact that Tatum had a, Tatum did, had a did Tatum game. hit a field goal in the fourth quarter? I don't know. Well, in, he in, ended up with twelve points. Yeah, he, ended up he had with a few. Yeah, or was it twelve points? Yeah, something like I that. I believe so. Very unlike him. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Jim. Hey, Jim. Good morning. You're on Inside Sports Medicine. What's up? Good morning. Um, I had the trigger finger, and it evolved to where. Uh, I can't shut my hand now. It's just it's it's just very difficult to shut that middle finger, and uh, they want to operate. But uh, you had mentioned a uh, hand surgeon here in Dallas. I was just wanted to know who you had just recom- just mentioned. Well, Jim, quick question: Have they done anything non surgical yet? Any injections? Yeah. Anything like that? Yes, they've done three injections oh, okay. over a couple of years. So. Yeah. I, they don't want to inject it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so, makes sense. And, uh, they so that, said they, everyone said it's a very simple procedure, but um, I just um, uh, I don't know if it's and it's got a lot of swelling now that that it didn't have before. So I'm I'm kind of concerned it's involved something else. So I'm going to give you a. I'm, pre- I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I'm I'm pretty old. I have arthritis. Well, yeah, I understand, but age, this is a matter of function and lifestyle. So um, big picture for some of the people who may not know what trigger finger is. So the the tendons that flex and straighten your fingers go through pulleys. Um, And I use the example of uh, fishing line as it's threaded through a fishing pole, all of those little round circles that the line goes through. Well, those are pulleys, and we have them in our hands. It's a, it's a fantastic anatomical model. I mean, fantastic. Um, sometimes the fishing line, for whatever reason, gets so swollen that it doesn't fit through the pulley, and it locks, it triggers, it mm-hmm. gets stuck. So the procedure is twofold. It is relatively simple. You basically release the pulley. But more importantly, you got to see why the fishing line got swollen in the first place. So for you, I would definitely recommend a hand surgeon. Uh, general orthopedists do this as well, but I, I wouldn't do it uh, just in case you find something else. So I would use a hand surgeon, and uh, my referral source is Kim Mesra. I've used Kim for, what, 10, 15 years. She used to be at the medical school. Now she's private. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I would definitely do a hand surgeon and it is a relatively simple procedure, but you need experience in case you find something else. Uh, and you, how do you spell her name? M E Z R A. Wonder if it's Thank legal you to very do that. Much. <laughs> What's that? Well, uh, give her uh, name on the air. Yeah, you, you really. You, thank you very much. I really appreciate your uh, your cooperation. Well, well, tell your friends to listen to the show. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, trigger finger bothers, man. I mean, so it's a quality of life. Well, clinically, and the reason they call it trigger finger is because it gets stuck, it as if you're pulling a, 
a trigger. And it kind of locks and hurts to extend your finger. All right, let's go to Charlie. Charlie from Dallas. What's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Morning. Uh, Morning. So long story short, pretty much uh, I'm 25 now. Ever since eighth grade, I had, like, lower back issues while I was pitching. And it was never during the pitch. It was always the motion of coming back up. And I probably shut down from sports a combined five or six times. Got three or four MRIs, nothing. Got x-rays, nothing. Did physical therapy three or four times. And I'm fine now. It's just every time I try to throw a baseball for a continued amount of time, my lower back just starts. It's like a sharp little quick pain when I come up. Well, that's an interesting one. Uh, so when when I hear baseball pitcher, um, you guys get stress fractures. Yeah. Something called a pars defect. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking you had because common things occur commonly. Um, but there are also some rare things that go along with the pitching motion uh, because there's just so much twisting. Um, I'm surprised you've had four normal MRIs. I'm yeah. just shocked by that. Uh, they were, I haven't had one since probably 19 uh-huh. when I was the first year of college. But, yeah, I've never really gotten – they said there's inflammation and stuff, but and they said it might be a stress fracture at one point, but they never gave me anything concrete. Uh, so let me ask you, if you just go and throw one pitch right now, it, it no, you, you have that. No, it's after repeated motion. And, and so – I'm sorry, um, I interrupted. Uh, how, how, how big a deal is this to you? Because – the short answer is you need to be evaluated, get x-rays and an MRI so we have a diagnosis. we got to have a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know that you want to go through all this stuff if you're just managing it. Well, so it's like random mornings. It, it'll it just kind of sneak up on me. Like it'll just randomly, my back will just kind of go out for half a second. Hmm. But it's not constant throughout the day. Some Like some days it might be a little tight back there. And it, it is my hips and everything. I think my whole... I think I've been compensating a lot since it happened when I was younger. Like, I kind of walk a little pigeon toe to my right foot now. Yeah, yeah. And it, I think it's all just tight at this point. So I don't know if it's still from that or if it's just a cause of whatever it was. Right, yeah. You know, Charlie, I, if I were you, I would get x-rays, yep. evaluations, see if it's MRI-worthy. 25 year old. See if there's a diagnosis and, and really rule out some things that we're thinking about right now. 25-year-old yeah. shouldn't have to go through this. So, yeah, I would get it checked out. I would go to um, – I'd probably go to a spine doctor right off the bat. And uh, and we, we use Texas Back Institute up in Plano. Uh, but I, I, I would – 25-year-old, you shouldn't have to go through that. Yeah. All right. Sorry, All right. We, I wish we were more help. No, I knew – I mean, hey, no one, no one figured it out yet. I didn't, didn't think a two-minute conversation would get it done. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. Bye. Dude, we have a 25-year-old listening to the show at 7.47 in the morning. That's good. Yeah. M- most of that demo is still sleeping. Oh, I was about to say, I wonder if he's working or yeah. <laughs> why he's up at this time in the morning. All right, quick little break. Inside Sports Medicine coming back. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Welcome back. That'll wake you up. 
Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. About to say, yeah, it was somebody beginning the name Bob. I remember you said that. Bob Seger. That'll wake you up. Yeah. So, um, early Saturday morning when I first started doing the show, in fact, my, my very first opportunity was 6.30 in the morning. And it was really important that we played good music because it woke me up. <laughs> it mm. was important for me to get fired up. And uh, so we've always we've always picked the music on the show, and we always pick music that'll kind of wake you up. You're not going to hear a love ballad on Inside Sports Medicine. Ain't, uh, ain't gonna I don't happen. know. We need to. I think every nine and we've had something. We've had something every nine. Yeah, but but on, typically on the days we, that you're doing it. Without no, me. we're not balloting on mine, Jay. We, we mix it up. There's some good love ballads. We're not playing a love ballad on Inside Sports Medicine, at least not while I'm host. No, no, not, no. There had to be an up-tempo one that was good. No. There was a slow tempo in somewhere there. But for the most part, I get what you're saying. For the most part, it's wake-up music. It's wake-up music. You turn, you turn me into an ACDC fan. There you go. That's uh, And by the way, when I was younger and ACDC was big mm-hmm. i didn't like him yeah but i do now yeah uh mris mris we had a we had a meeting yesterday our entire practice and we were discussing uh the state of mris so magnetic resonance imaging that's what an mri stands for magnetic resonance imaging and uh the guy who invented it and I'm not sure if it was a person or a company but they got a Nobel Prize for it it definitely changed medicine um, so the big tube you sit in is a monster magnet it's a magnet you can't go in there with metal or else your wristwatch will be stuck to the side of the magnet um, and all of the cells and tissues in our body have a magnetic charge very very subtle very uh, a plus or a minus a magnetic charge so you lay down in the machine, all the magnetic charges line up, and then comes the resonance part. It It's somebody hitting the machine with a hammer, and it's making loud noises. That's why you have to have ear earpieces or earplugs. And what those loud noises do is they vibrate the cells. Different tissue types vibrate at different frequencies. And the computer can pick up that difference in how long it takes the cell to reline up with the magnet. I don't really understand. It. <laughs> As I'm, you're explaining this, I'm thinking. I'm telling you, I don't really understand it. Yeah. I don't know how you invent something like this. Yeah, I don't even know how you discover that that's the thing. That, yeah. yeah. So anyway, but end result, it gives us a three-dimensional image of of body parts without having to cut them open. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely revolu- revolutionized sports medicine. Yeah, it, now we can look inside the knee without having to do a diagnostic scope. And fantastic. Incredible technology. A, a good MRI machine is expensive. Mm-hmm. A three Tesla machine is $3 million. Mm-hmm. Um, those are rare. I think Dallas maybe have has one or two, three Tesla scans, and we use those primarily for neurologic um, because you really need the fine detail on yeah. them. Um, 
but a, 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 a really good machine is um, a 1.5 Tesla. That's what yeah. we have. Yeah. Then comes the second part of an MRI is how close are the cuts together? Because we take the body, you're laying down on a machine, and we cut it up like a slice of bread. Mm-hmm. If they are thin slices, if they're like Melba toast, then you you get a lot of pictures mm-hmm. and you get a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. If they're thick slices, like to- Texas toast, mm-hmm. you might miss some stuff. Right. In between the cuts. In between the cuts, you miss some stuff. I had an MRI. Uh, actually, it was a player from China. Basketball player played in China, came to see me. Um, our normal MRI knee we have 268 cuts, and they're really, really fine. They're three millimeters apart. Well, his was Melba toast size, and he had 38 cuts. That's it, mm. 38 cuts. They got one cut on one side of the ACL, one cut on the oh, other side of the ACL, dude, so you terrible. couldn't see the ACL, that's and they told him he had a torn ACL. Oh. Well, you didn't have a torn ACL. It just the cuts didn't get it. Mm. And then finally, the third piece of the component on MRI scanners is the radiologist who reads it. Yeah. It, I told you earlier in segment two, experience matters. Yep. Here, experience matters. Yep. And so we were talking about how MRI reimbursement has just plummeted. So at least our contract, Blue Cross reimburses $206 for an MRI scanner, of which the radiologist gets a big chunk. And we have a really expensive scanner. It was $1.7 million back in the day. How exactly is that $206 fair Right. if you're using a cheap scanner yep. with Texas Toast cuts <laughs> right. and a radiologist from out of the country? How, 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 because that's how you make $206 work, okay? Right, right. But if you're, if you're the Andrews Institute and you've got a $3 million scanner- Yeah. $206 does not work. Right, right. The reality is is that not every scanner is made the same. Those three components in terms of the radiological read, the protocol in terms of the cut, and the quality of the magnet all play a part of that. And not every MRI is created the same. No different than the way someone does an injection on the hip, blind injection, gets paid the same thing as me going in using more resources, more things to actually get the thing where it's supposed to go. Right. So it's a difference between a Chevy and a Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. They're both cars. Yep. Difference between a Chevy and a Ferrari. And if you're looking for something big, yeah, a Chevy will be able to pick it up. Yeah. If you're looking for the fine detail on what's going on with Luca's knee, Mm -hmm. you need a good scanner. And yeah. the reason this came up in our meeting yesterday is because, you know, we, we have cash pricing um, pretty much for everything. And a patient called and said, well, wow, wow, $1,200? I can go somewhere else and get it for 300 You know what? You get what you pay for. Period. Period. All right. I had to get that off my chest. You guys need to understand that all scanners are the same. And the problem is when you go in to have a test, you're not going to be able to know, well, how strong is this scanner right. and what is the protocol and who's reading? You're not going to know. Right. That's right. You're not going to know. And uh, we're going to do a business in medicine. Oh, geez. Coming up here soon. All right. 
Let's shift gears. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Are the golf gods golf available? Golf gods. Business. Hey. Hey. Hey, so I've been, I, I was listening on the way in. We had, I had a, quite a long drive this morning, and you were talking about unique cases and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy on the a, a professional golfer by the name of Paul Azinger. Yep, I know him. Okay. Of him. Do you, do you know what, what he had? No, I don't. Okay, so he has shoulder pain, bad shoulder pain. Takes him a while, and they diagnose him with cancer of the shoulder. Ooh. And I, it's, I fear it. And I don't, I mean, it, obviously getting a uh, rotator cuff is not the worst thing that can happen when you have shoulder pain now, right? I mean, when right. he had it. And it puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Puts right. it in perspective. So my question is, as you guys were talking about unique cases and stuff, how common is that? And is that something you guys look for? Is that did that get diagnosed by his orthopedic, or did he have to go to the next level once you, his orthopedic couldn't find out the source of the pain? No, that's a great question. So the answer is it's not common. Um, the second part of that is we have to have a working diagnosis. So um, I don't know what happened in his case, but it would not be uncommon that in the workup to try and get the diagnosis, it may be caught on the orthopedic side and then referred over to oncology. So that's happened in, in my clinic before. Someone came in with, you know, some specific kind of joint pain and then we end up <clears throat> seeing that it may be something that oncology needs to see. But it all comes down to being able to get the diagnosis that makes sense for what's going on. Yeah, so in... in in my practice, and, and I'm very, very, uh, very similar to what Brad just said. Um, we always have a working diagnosis. It's called a differential diagnosis. You, you you listen to the patient, you examine the patient, and you make a list of what this could be. And if number one is rotator cuff tear, number two is this, number four is this, number one thousand is cancer. But it's always on the list. Yeah, it's always on the list. And I'll tell you, sometimes you can see it on an x-ray. Right. And that's when the orthopedist picks it up. And sometimes it is a surprise when the MRI comes back. Yeah. And, and I've had it both ways. Yep. So that, it, would, it does come up on, the, it would come up on an MRI then. It, oh, there yeah, would be yeah, something yeah, yeah. suspicious yeah. that we got to start looking at. And then you put the whole picture together. I mean, I, I had something like this recently with a kid with some low back pain. Yep. And picked it up on the MRI, and then he immediately saw, okay, this is not us. we got to send it to Scottish Rite. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it, it, that is the only way to pick it up. I mean, I, the MRI is the yeah. definitive test. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, and this is, you know, we, we talked about, um, and this is interesting because that's where our show and your show kind of mix a little bit. Um, there are patients that have an agenda when they come in to see the doc, and the first question I always ask them is, why are you here? Yeah, and uh, Mayor used to make fun of me because <laughs> I was so blunt about it. Why? Hey, why are you here? Well, it, it's important to know why you're here. You're here because you want to play better golf. You're here because you can't sleep at night. You're here, and every once in a while, I hear this. Well, my dad had cancer, and I'm a yep. little worried. Yep, yep, yep. That that helps me. That tells me a lot because that means I am much more likely to go get an X-ray and an MRI than. If somebody says, oh, I can live with this, I just want to know what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so for the golfer thing, yeah, I, I bet you that the radiologist picked it up and this was definitely on a differential. I mean, I, 
I don't tell my patients I'm looking for cancer because it's just number 1,000 on my differential list. Right, right. But if you see it, it it's 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 there. But it is rare. It's rare. Did, it's did rare. Did he come back, Rick? Did he come back and play after that? Mm, I'm not sure. He's, a, he's an announcer now. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. vaguely remember that. Uh, I thought he came back and played for a little bit, but I uh, I don't know for sure. Look. So what are you guys yeah. talking about? The memorial. Did you see the hole-in-one yesterday? Uh, I did not. Who had the hole in one? I don't know. It was on Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys talk about that gruesome tennis injury? I did not. No, no, no. no I didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was Joe Theismann asked to me. Ooh. Oh. How? Did he, how? Twisted his ankle. Oh. It just slid and ouch. One of the ones bad. that kind of makes your stomach go queasy when you look yeah, at I, it. I've told my wife that we were in the gym and it, they had to the match on tape delay and I said don't look oh so they were showing it, it, I it, can't it, look at that stuff I, I so they were showing one of these gruesome soccer injuries yesterday and and we have TVs in all of our rooms and we have a big TV in the lobby and it always plays sports stuff and they were showing this girl with just a horrible horrible injury and I I glanced up and I cringed and my staff said whoa whoa you're a doctor why are you cringing mm and and I said, look, I have to see this once so that I know the mechanism, but I don't want to see it more than once yeah, yeah. because I know what's what's in store for that girl. Yeah, you know yeah. when when you see the 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 gruesomeness of the bone breaking and going pointing the wrong direction, I know what she's in for. Yeah, that's why I cringe. Um, yeah, yeah, I I, I have to watch it once just because I have to, but. I cannot watch it more than one. The Joe Theismann thing, oh, I dude. saw it once and I never wanted to see it again. Yeah. yeah. Paulie McCallum. Paulie uh, McCallum to oh. me was the worst when his knee came backwards. Dude, he that was the, the – I still have nightmares. I still have nightmares yeah. from that. Yeah. Tim on, uh, Cumry, the guy from the, the lineman. Yep, yep, I remember him. Yeah. Yep. yeah it was on Napoleon, Monday Night Football. The Napoleon yeah, Monday McCallum Night Football. Was he was, night football. was the Raiders versus somebody, and I'll never forget it. I'll yep. never yeah, forget it. I can't they get only that. had to replay it like thirty times. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah. get that sure. out of my mind. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a horrible injury. Yeah. Enough By the way, follow up: uh, Azinger had his shoulder diagnosed in '93. Following chemotherapy and radiation, he played four events in '95. There you go. And a full tour schedule '96, and he won his last tournament in the in uh, 2000. And he's still Cole. and he's still alive, and he's uh, doing well. This is, this is a home run then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's good for him. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we got to sign off. Cheers, See you guys. See you. All right. We love it when you guys come see us. Come see us at Texas Sports Medicine. On behalf of all of us here on Inside Sports Medicine and the ticket, until next week. Tell your friends. Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership at Victory Park, hard by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. KTCK-AM, Dallas-Fort Worth. KTCK-FM, Flower Mound. A cumulus media station.